Welcome to The Teacher's Story. I'm Jackie Scully. This is a podcast to elevate teacher voice. In this program, you will hear teachers sharing their journey into this profession and their ideas for education. I'm kicking it off Teacher Appreciation Week, which starts May 2nd. This is about honest, vulnerable, inspiring storytelling. It's a time and a space for teachers to share their ideas for the future of education. Teachers are beautiful beings who give their heart and soul to their community. They're innovators, they're inspirational, not only to children, but to the people around them. And they deserve to share their voice. So welcome to The Teacher's Story. Enjoy. Hi, welcome to The Teacher's Story. I'm Jackie Scully, and today I have one of my really good friends who I met through uh, teaching at Ursuline Academy, and we have Kelly Ponte with us today. I'm so excited because she is a really dear friend of mine, and I am excited to learn about her teaching journey. Welcome. Oh, hi, thank you. So my first question is um, something about, it doesn't have to be your everything that happened in your childhood, but something from maybe from your childhood or your upbringing, your younger years that um, led you into thinking about teaching or going into something with education or your Spanish teacher, so something with that as well. The funny thing about me being a teacher is that my whole life, it was the one thing that I did not plan on being. Um, I never planned to be a teacher and I, for a long time, really didn't want to be a teacher. Mm. Um, but the reason is funny. It's not that I didn't think that I would be good at it or like it. Um, but I just remember my teachers having such a deep impact on my life mm -hmm. that it felt like too much pressure. I was like, I can't be that. I can't be that great for someone. Like I can't, mm -hmm. they brought out so much in me. And I was like, I don't even know how to do that. I don't know how to change somebody's life. So for that reason, I was like, I don't, I don't think I can handle the pressure. They need somebody who's called to be a teacher. Mm. And I wouldn't even know where to begin doing that. Um, but I think it's so funny that it did kind of happen to me. Um, cause I majored in English and Spanish. And so all while studying people would say to me like, Oh, well, like, what are you going to be a teacher? And I was like, Nope, that's the one thing I'm not going to be. I don't know what I am. <laughs> and, um, it's not going to be that. And between, uh, in 2010, after having graduated with that double major, I couldn't find a single job anywhere. I got, mm -hmm. um, I did not get a call back from the brouhaha inside the hospital. Wow. So like I could find zero jobs, mm -hmm. but there was, um, a small private school hiring someone to teach English and Spanish. Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, it's a job. I know both of those things. I said to them, I was like, um, I have no experience teaching. Are you sure you want me? And they're like, you'll be fine. <laughs> really, really hard. Um, but that was where I dipped my toes in. And from then on, it's just like one thing kept leading to the next. Um, I went to grad school and part of the program there was to be hired as a teaching assistant. And we taught our own sections. Um, and then from there, I got hired as an adjunct instructor and it just, it just never stopped. And now I'm a teacher and I love it. And I feel like I am able to have an impact on people's lives and um, it's not so scary anymore. It's pretty magical. Wow. So it's like, instead of something kind of coming to you, like this is like what you want to do. It's like, you fell into it through yeah. all of these like opportunities. And I was thinking of 2010, that was like recession time. <laughs> so okay. I really can, 
I could connect with that. That was a really hard time because that's when I moved. Well, I moved in 2011, but it was still kind of that time when I moved back from Hawaii. I couldn't find a job. Like it was just so hard to find a job like anywhere, even with experience. Um, Cause so many people were looking for jobs. Yeah. And it was a really hard terrifying. time. It yeah. was a terrifying place to be yeah. um, a bright young college graduate. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, and you kind of were alluding to this in your your last uh, answer, but um, what was your first teaching experience like? Any kind of times where you had aha moments or struggles or just even like finding yourself more as a teacher? Um, while I really loved the community where I was, it was so overwhelming to someone who had no formal training or preparation at all. Um, I taught 10th grade Spanish, two sections. I taught seventh grade English and eighth grade English. I taught sixth grade Spanish and I taught, um, a, like an elementary elective for Spanish. So mm. like on Mondays I had first grade on Tuesdays, I had second grade on Wednesday. So at that school I taught everyone. Oh, and then I had a ninth grade creative writing class for half wow. a year. I taught everyone except for juniors and seniors. I taught kindergarten, no first grade all the way up through 10th. Wow. That's a load. It, and, so, and it was always something different. And it was like, none of the classes overlapped at all, except those two sections of um, 10th grade Spanish. It was in like multiple languages and multiple mm. age groups. And I just remember one time this like first grader was in my classroom and I had like never even spent time with children. And she was crying because she took her earring out and she couldn't put it back in again. And I just didn't even know what to do. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> why you're crying I am not a nurturing person and you shouldn't be taking your earring out like it, it was just very overwhelming uh I remember turning off my lights and locking the door and just sitting in my chair and falling asleep upright in the middle of the day during my plan period wow just so worn out um yeah. but now both of my kids have gone to that school um yeah. the like the daycare program that they have it's a wonderful place but um, I was ill-prepared. <laughs> That's a lot. I mean, I never taught, um, below seventh grade. So, and I always say like elementary lower school teachers are unbelievable, um, because they have to teach like so many levels and it's at an age where you're literally learning how to read, you're learning how to just be a person, <laughs> you know? So I can only imagine how difficult that would be to be around little ones when you weren't even thinking about doing something like that. And you're like, uh, that's very developmental. Like, it's like, I don't know how to teach you or, you know, be with you right now. Yeah. And my background in both of my languages was in like linguistics. So yeah. that is not at all related to young, small people other than like their <laughs> language development. But right, right. Um, yeah, no, it was, it was tricky. But oh my gosh. How it, long um, were you there? Just the one year. <laughs> I couldn't do it more than that. I couldn't do any more. I was like, well, you know what? I'm going to go to grad school. Hmm. And um, I'm still not even with an education focus. It was yeah. Spanish literature. But I was like, I need, clearly I need another degree. If this mm -hmm. is what my degrees are going to get me, I'm not going to survive just because I didn't know what I was doing. I mean, I did a little bit, but um, anyway, I said, I need some more education so that I can keep moving forward. So that's what I did. I was there for only a year. But the funny thing is I made um, friendships with some of the mm -hmm. teachers who worked there mm -hmm. and even some of the kids who were there yeah. um, were still friends on social media and they remember me being their teacher. Crazy. Mm -hmm. One year. They were like, oh, I remember we did this in your class. I'm like, I, 
can't even believe that you remember that, but you don't have to put a lot of effort into making an impact on somebody's life, which was always part of the whole thing to me. I think it's your personality. And this actually was going to segue into another question I have before, like my scripted question about the pandemic, because I met you before that. Um, I, I could see like anywhere you go, you connect with people. And when I met you um, at Ursuline Academy and we connected as teachers, yeah, instantly, like instant best friends. I never had that before in like uh, my profession. And just to see how you were with students there. And that's like, you really, I think, shined with those like girls, with those students. And I, Natalie, talking about that first experience, if you want to talk a little bit bit about like just your experience before we get into the pandemic teaching, um, how that's been with uh, Ursuline Academy and with those girls. They are (laughs) such a special bunch, as you know. Yeah. Um, Yeah, no, there's definitely um, a magic about the, I don't know, the all-girl experience Mm -hmm. and the sense of community when you are in a place that really puts a lot of emphasis on the importance of community. You Mm -hmm. can really feel it Mm -hmm. Um, when you teach girls the concept of sisterhood and when they really feel it and when they help to create that for themselves, um, to be a teacher in a place like that and to feel like part of, um, part of that family is always so special. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there are like, I just have some of the funniest memories of things that would only ever happen <laughs> in school environment. Um, that is true. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There was one like um, basketball state championship that we mm-hmm. went to that was at the Bob Carpenter Center at UD. And I'm pretty sure that we were playing against the Delaware Military Academy. Yeah. All of their students come marching in mm-hmm. in their uniforms with like their military haircuts and their <laughs> and like and our girls were all wearing Hawaiian t-shirts. Yes, and, I remember and that. They were just, like dancing around. I'm like, you are just a bunch of goofballs, and I just they love you. Are. They're yeah. so goofy. They've done they would do so many goofy things in school. Like so many things that don't exist in a lot of schools, but are like totally harmless, just really, really sweet and like. Yeah. 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 And I feel like, um, also as a young woman, I'm getting older, but I still <laughs> myself a young woman. You are a young woman <laughs> and connect in a way that's not a mom kind of connection. Um, and it's not a peer kind of connection, but there's a special place for like an adult mentor, mm-hmm. um, who gets it. Mm-hmm. Um, who's not so far removed from their experience where they feel like they can trust you. And that's a pretty special place to be too. And I think they really look for that. Like they, they gravitate towards teachers who have kind of that, you know, same thing. Like they, of course, in their mindset, they want to be like best friends with us. Right. Cause we're amazing too. Um, But they do see us as mentors and they're like, this is a a young woman that maybe I aspire to be, you know, and you continue to have so many close relationships with former students. Like and seeing them on their journey, like becoming an adult, you know, going and traveling, going through college, getting new jobs. And I know sometimes you'll, you'll get together and meet up with them. And, and, uh, yeah, I just those, had coffee, really nice. um, with, I don't know if you remember Jane, but it was like a month ago. Oh, cool. She was just telling me about yeah. college. He had reached Aww. out to interview me for a college class. Um, and cool. her email went to spam. I didn't find oh, it. So no. I, devastated but um she was in town so we got yeah. together like so nice to catch up 
Yeah. And I think that's very different in that culture too, that you have students, like sometimes students will come by the, the school and be like, I want to go see the teachers I had, but Ursuline's really unique in that they want to see you just as an adult to adult when they grow up and like, Hey, this is like a new kind of friendship. Um, I have a students that I connect like that yeah. with. It's very cool. It's yeah. almost like student 2.0, like they've graduated <laughs> and then the ones that you really have formed a bond with, you can mm-hmm. continue to be close to. Yeah. That's awesome. So I left before the pandemic, but we both have talked through the pandemic. So I'm sure um, as anyone's listening to this, will probably relate to some of our stories. So just over the last couple of years teaching the pandemic, what has that been like for you? Again, any times of um, enlightenment struggles or any moments where you could pull away from the pandemic of like, oh, this is something I learned. Um, So anything you want to kind of share about that? I have um, very bipolar feelings about the actual like lockdown experience Mm. um, when everybody was at home and we just kind of like did the Zoom thing. Because on the one hand, do you remember how that was just the most beautiful spring we've ever had? Yes. Not like right now. Gorgeous. Not like right now. And it was a month ago. It was March 15th. And here we are like almost mid-April and we still haven't had that nice weather yet. No, it's still like winter. Gorgeous. And we all made such a point to get outside. Did mm-hmm. you too? Mm-hmm. Yep. I would go for walks in between my classes. Yep. We have class outside. Um, sometimes on a particularly gorgeous day, I would say, you know what? We're going to be reading a chapter of our book today, but um, go by yourself and read it outside. We're not mm-hmm. meeting on Zoom. Yeah. We all need to get outside and get off of our screens and just go and enjoy this gorgeous day. Yeah. If you don't read it right now, I'm not even going to know. Just read it by our next class. <laughs> now mom's the word go get outside so yeah. I feel like the way that I prioritized um the I don't know the nature side of it but also sort mm. of the mental health um component coming in uh where everyone was so stressed out that I feel mm-hmm. like we had more grace with each other mm-hmm. like we're very conscious about take a break take a walk Um, whereas now that's kind of fallen on the wayside, but I feel like a lot of people are still floundering a little bit. Um, Mm. so I loved that, but, um, on the other hand, teaching on zoom was so hard. It was Mm -hmm. so hard and it felt like so much more work because everything had to be adapted and no one was in the mood to talk. And I have a communicative class. And so you would put them into breakout rooms and just know that they were just hit, like would hide their screen, talk to each other. And I would pop into the rooms and Mm -hmm. Feel like the whole time I was acting, I was pretending that everything mm. was fine and it mm-hmm. wasn't. But if you don't pretend it's fine, then no one's going to think it's fine. So right. You have to say, hey, talk about your day, talk about the book, talk about, you know, what do you think about this character and pretend yeah. that you're into it when inside we were all just screaming a little bit. <laughs> That's so true. Um, you had to be so much more animated on Zoom because you know that they weren't connecting this way. And like, just like you, like, I mean, I teach history but it's very discussion-based. We do a lot of discussion and it's like, I can't have a discussion like this. No engagement, cameras yeah. off. I was so tired of saying, turn your cameras on, please for me. I'll, I'll bring Jimmy, my dog on camera. Yeah. I yeah you. Something fun that happened. Um, I was sitting in my front yard and we were doing like a little review Kahoot. So they couldn't see me, but they could hear me because mm. I was sharing my screen for the game show to be going on. And um, Carson was only two. And so he was outside with me and they could hear me saying, Carson, don't you run away. 
turn around, start walking back towards me. Do not stop. Carson, stop. And they could just hear me like escalating. I was like, he just ran away. I have to go get him. down to the park in the middle of my class oh my gosh still just on like screen chair so they I just disappeared but they couldn't see where I went they knew that he had just run down the road um it was a special time everyone yeah. uh, every, like I said everyone had a lot of grace with each other in those they days. did but yeah because you could see or at least hear what was happening in people's home lives like you know yeah. a lot of people would bring like their dogs or pets on the screen and that was always really nice moments but they could be like, okay, I have to mute now. And having, you could see having a conversation with like their mom or dad in the background. It was very like invasive in a way. Like everyone was in each other's homes when we were on Zoom. And I had a two-year-old constant companion. Yeah. That's when he, that's when he started watching TV was during the pandemic yeah. because there was nothing else that could hold his attention. So hard. He could be sitting in front of a computer for four hours a day. Yeah. Yeah. It was not easy. Um. I think back to that spring too, and how beautiful it is. I think of times not to get like depressing. <laughs> this is how my brain works. Um, times of like crisis, the weather tends to be really beautiful. Like I always talk about nine 11, like when we come around to that date and how gorgeous that day was mm. the beautiful sunshine. And same thing when the lockdown started, we had this most beautiful spring. Like we don't get really nice springs around here. Um, and it's almost like, hmm, maybe mother nature had to give us something so we could hold on, you know, Gift. yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I do miss going on walks. So that's something I've tried to incorporate in a regular school day. Like if I have a free period and when we have nice weather, which we haven't really had nice weather, but to get outside or to take the class outside as much as possible. Yeah. I'll go for, um, some laps around the reservoir sometimes. Yeah. Tonight. I know that's beautiful. Today. But yeah, yeah it has nice. It hasn't been worth it. No, it's been so cold. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of the, the last part of your kind of story. Uh, but my last question is um, kind of, you know, where you have some ideas about education in general in America, um, things that maybe we can learn from the pandemic or kind of our moment that we're in now and how we could see education either changing or advancing. Is there anything you want to share about that? Um, well, I feel like the changes are going to come from the technology component, being able to so easily pivot. Um, I guess it wasn't easy the first time, but now that we all know how to do it. Yeah. Snow days are gone. Yes. Um, (laughs) Actually, I will say we had a couple of snow days and that I was very grateful for. Um, but when a student has, um, a debilitating health thing going on, they can just go home and zoom from there. Um, which I don't love to be honest. Um, it's hard to divide your attentions between virtual and in-person mm. teaching. Um, but I definitely learned how to do a lot of things. Yes. Um, no, before that I've found myself using again. Um, but I don't know. I feel like, um, I don't know if things are going to change that much. Mm. Yeah. Sometimes it feels like we had this moment of clarity and now we're just back to square one where we were Mm. before and uh, all the problems are the same Mm. uh, except even a little bit worse because there are fewer people available and people are burnt out. And Mm. um, I don't know. Sometimes I wonder if we did learn anything from it. I feel Mm. like it learned from it, but overall structures, I don't, I don't feel like I see a lot of change happening. Yeah, no, I agree with that. 
I think in the moment we were thinking, oh, we're going to take away a lot from this. And I think you're right. The number one thing is to pivot quickly, um, which was very daunting and scary. I remember that weekend leading into we're going to start virtual school where we had a couple of days of training. And then all of a sudden we went from brick and mortar school to virtual school in like three days. (laughs) Yeah. It was so, so scary, but if that this ever had to happen again, you know, I don't want to ever see us go through a pandemic again, but you just never know, or some other kind of major crisis where we have to be in that situation, we will be able to do it super, super smooth. And, uh, I think that is the biggest thing, but yeah, there's a lot of structural, you know, and systems in place that have been around for a long time that I don't think will change overnight. Yeah. And I feel like the vibe that I'm getting from a lot of teachers, not necessarily people that I know and work with, but like Mm -hmm. the general amplified teacher voice right now is one of discontent. Yeah. One of, um, I'm being taken advantage of. You said something to me in a conversation that we had one time about how, I think it was you at least, um, that teachers are like the ideal workforce candidate like we can do anything Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and this more than anything is proved we can do anything anything we can be in charge we can be creative Mm -hmm. we can um help people we can be a confidant we can communicate well Mm -hmm. um we can use technology we can you know tie ideas together and synthesize and empower other people to do that too yeah and yet um it just feels sometimes like either people don't recognize that, mm-hmm. um, especially the people in like decision-making positions mm-hmm. um, don't realize that with their teachers. And that's why I think we're seeing so many people leave the teaching profession altogether who probably would have stayed there forever. Um, but it seems like maybe other people could be realizing that at least it's something that you had mentioned at one point that mm-hmm. um, other sectors of the workforce are realizing like, Ooh, teachers are the ones to hire. Cause they have all kinds of experience yeah. um, that translate really well to different types of jobs. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It feels like it feels like a shift is coming. Yes. Like I don't. Uh, I don't know how I feel. Like I don't. I don't know what that's going to look like for schools and for America. Um, and I really hope that people start to value teachers more than what yeah. it, I. Have, I have not personally felt unvalued. I. Um, mm-hmm. I've been really fortunate to be in a community and in a school where I have felt taken care of. Yeah, um, that's great. But I know that most people in my position don't feel that way. Yeah. And when everything hits the fan, I think it's going to be um, pretty bleak. Yeah, I. It's so funny because I feel the exact same way, and I know I keep saying that. I just feel like we always connect. <laughs> um, but I have heard a lot of stories from just teachers I know on social media. I have lots of uh, teachers within my family, extended family. So I feel the same way. Like I am nowhere near in a position like other teachers and I can see why other teachers would want to see other opportunities, but it is like kind of a wake up call for anyone, whether they feel valued and they want to stay in it or they're looking for other opportunities to say like, Hey, I do have a lot of skills. Like I do have a lot of areas that I cover besides just teaching. Like, you know, we are mentors, we are counselors, we are advisors, we um, manage multiple projects, multitasking, you know, Um, and we have to think on our feet constantly. 
And like we talked about the pandemic, we have to pivot and do it quickly and think quickly and learn a lot um, in a very quick way. So like learning all that technology within days. So it's just like a nice time too, to also appreciate what you do have in your skill set and like how, you know, um, you know, we do give a lot to schools and maybe there will be that shift. Maybe people will start to see that. I, I don't want to see a mass exodus. And then especially in the, maybe the public school system, it feels like it's collapsing because there's not enough teachers, but, um, I do think there needs to be a shift for people to say, oh my gosh, we had these really valuable professionals and we kind of like, didn't see that, you know, we didn't, yeah. we, we didn't appreciate that. I feel like it's a time where people are realizing their own worth and yeah. if the powers that be don't catch up and realize their worth too, it's going to be a big problem. Yeah. And I think even going all the way to the federal level, because I talk about this all the time in um, my psychology class, because we talk about learning and education. And I just had a student who also wrote a research paper on the the public education system because she went from public to private. And it's like, where's the funding? (laughs) I mean, it has to go back to maybe all of this too will go back to like, we need to fund schools. We need to fund teacher salaries. We need to fund programs, you know? Absolutely. That has to be a priority because I feel like whenever we have these big budgets, federal to state, local level, education is like a small part of that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think that it would only, I think it would be a fool to say that investing in children is not investing in the future of the country. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And investing in teachers is how you invest in children and not investing in teachers has one, well, many negative outcomes, but the primary one would be a negative impact in children's learning experiences and in their upbringing, their growth experiences and the fundamental formational years. Yeah. So I think the only people who probably are arguing for less money in schools think that it's not being you that like, they must think that it's just lining somebody else's pockets. Yeah. Uh, but, and if that's the case, then fix that too. Fix right. everything. Like right. just, it's gotta be made right. Right. Yeah. If money's not directed in the right way, then that needs to be changed. Absolutely. I love that statement. You know, you have to invest in children to invest in the whole future of this country. Absolutely. And that that's a mind shift, which it shouldn't be in 2022. (laughs) But I think, I think it needs to be, and I hope it, it will be. Yeah. Yeah. Now's the time. Now before, is the time where it really does all fall apart and yeah. then are paying the price for that many years from now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Really, really enlightening. Thank you so much, Kelly. Thank you so much for having me. It is always a pleasure to chat with I you. Know. I miss you so much, but I love that we continue to get together and catch up, um, you know, just with our lives. So it's been, great. I know I love how even over distance and um, yeah. time, it doesn't have to change anything. No, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. And uh, again, this is the teacher's story. And I really enjoyed our conversation with Kelly today. Very enlightening um, and learning more about her whole background and journey in teaching. So thank you. Thanks so much. It was great talking to you. Take care. Bye.